Good morning, church. We invite you to come in and find a seat and join with us this morning. If you wouldn't mind, would you please stand? Often we, we come into our celebration gatherings, um, we find ourselves thinking, okay, I, I need a boost. Here I am, and I'm ready for that, for that jolt, that boost. Church is like my, my spiritual energy drink that, uh, that will keep me fueled up just, just long enough till next Sunday, and then I can get another boost next Sunday. But there's, there's no doubt that we come to be nourished and, and filled and comforted and motivated, but that comes not just from some truth nugget, or rather it comes from freshly seeing our triune Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, beholding his power over history, over the details of our lives, and over his kingdom that we're now a part of, over the great salvation we've been brought into, and rejoicing in fear and worship. Uh, you might remember when Job heard God speak to him through the whirlwind, he covered his mouth. When Moses saw God's presence, his face glowed because of the glory that he saw. Isaiah was undone. The apostle John fell on his face in tears. They witnessed God in his glory. And if you came feeling an acute need for, for wisdom, for forgiveness, or encouragement, or, or spiritual endurance, or assurance, or hope, we're, we're all that mixed bag. And, and what we need seems up front and in our, in our face, but really at the foundation of what every person in this room truly needs this morning is to behold and worship the greatness of our God who loves his church. So from Isaiah 45, our call, our call to worship, I am the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none besides me. I am the Lord. There is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Shower, O heavens, from above and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. I, the Lord, have created it. So come and sing, come and worship him, because there is no one like our God.
But when Christ, our great high priest, had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. Would you be seated and pray with me? Gracious God, our Hearts are stunned and overwhelmed, made glad and happy, filled with grace and praise as we consider what you have done for us. God, we had a need that we could never meet, an illness that we could not heal, a debt that we could not ever pay, but by one Single sacrifice, Jesus, you took care of everything. Your death upon the cross was good for all time, and now we are righteous for all time in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise you, God. By your one offering, you guaranteed that the Father will complete the good work that he has began in us. Nothing can derail the process or snatch us from your hand. Nothing can separate us from your love or take your spirit away from us. In that we rejoice. God, we pray that you would cause us to love and worship and obey and serve you with everything we have and are. How else could we respond to such mercy, such grace, such kindness and goodness? Holy Spirit, we ask that you would fill us with your spirit this morning. Fill us with courage. Fill us with love to declare your goodness and grace to those around us who are lost and stand condemned apart from your grace, Lord. God, we pray that you would use your people, use us according to your will to save those for whom you died. Jesus, we praise you that you are not worried or anxious or troubled or anything else by anything going on in this world. You are sitting beside the Father, ruling, reigning over all things, awaiting the day for the eradication of all evil. God, we pray that you would forgive us for not trusting your sovereignty, your goodness, and your faithfulness to us. Jesus, we ask that you would move among us this morning. Do the work that only you can do 
heal, change, liberate, set free, bring to life. All for your glory. And only by your grace. We ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Good morning again, church. I just wanted to just express thanks and gratefulness to God for all of you. When we're singing together, just the the reality that we are all attesting to the same glory of the same Savior. This is a wonderful thing to do together. Speaking of together, if you are with us as a guest, we're just so grateful that that you're here, whether this is your first time or third, fourth time with us. Uh, My name is Cale. I'm one of the pastors here. Uh, at Sovereign Grace Church Dayton. If I haven't met you yet, I would love to speak with you at some point this morning to get to know you, maybe to pray with you, um, and, and uh, for you to have answers to any questions that you have. Um, also, I just wanted to draw attention. I felt like, I was just talking to Steve, I felt like it was kind of a unique Sunday because we have uh, multiple people here from multiple other Sovereign Grace churches, and uh, I just wanted to identify you so that we can thank God for you. So, uh, if you are coming from another Sovereign Grace Church and you just happen to be visiting with us this morning, could you just pop your hand up really quick? Okay, so we have just a couple of groups in back here. Sarah, you count too. Awesome. Uh, so uh, we'll just say Winona Lake Church in Indiana, uh, Christ, Christ Covenant Church in Winona Lake. Uh, we have Covenant of Grace Church from Akron, Ohio. We have uh, Trinity Grace from Athens, Tennessee. And Jeremy and Kate, who are with us this morning, are from Living Hope Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. So to those of you who are just visiting with us, thank you for being here. We're grateful for our partnership with you in the gospel. Uh, and it's a beautiful thing to, to be all together in the same room from states all over. And just grateful to God for you. Um, you'll, you'll hear more about Jeremy here in a second. But uh, before that, a couple of things to mark your calendar for. The first that's coming up quick is uh, this Saturday, April 1st, we're having a men's breakfast. That's 8 o'clock in the morning uh, to about 10. Um, uh, Sean and Phil, could you raise your hand really quick if you guys are in the room? Sean and Phil Martin, they need three guys uh, to help uh, with breakfast, so to come in early to help with breakfast, talk to Sean or Phil. Otherwise, for other you guys coming... Uh, is there somebody you could invite into this? A neighbor, a coworker? We're going to do a Bible study like we did last time. We're going to hear a testimony. I think it would just be an excellent way to um, kind of include, not just include people in your world, but expose them to the kingdom of God. And um, if that's just a small way that we can do that, let's, let's shoot for that. I'm thinking of names scrolling through my head right now. Uh, who can come? Who can, who can join us? Another uh, thing to be aware of is... Uh, also next weekend, so the, the first Sunday in April, which is April 2nd, we do hope to open that second nursery. So if you've been here on Wednesdays, we have two nurseries going. Uh, we have one on Sundays now, but we are looking to open that second nursery. Uh, one will be for toddlers, 12 to 24 months, so uh, basically one-year-olds uh, in the smaller room downstairs, and then the other, the larger room will be for two to four-year-olds um, so we've kind of changed the nomenclature a little bit. Nursery one is for the one-year-olds, uh, and nursery two is for two, two and up, which is the bigger room. So check-in um, will function the same way. You'll just have to, based on your kid's age, select nursery one or nursery two. Uh, again, if they're older, two and up, they're in nursery two. If they're 12 to 24 months, they're going to be in nursery one. So 
just look forward to that change happening. It won't be just the same as, as normal. We'll, we'll uh, be adjusting as we go along, but we, we do hope to start that and keep, keep that up uh, ongoing. Another thing to mark your calendars for this time for the ladies, uh, Paula is going to be putting on a ladies self-defense workshop. Uh, that's going to be April 8th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Uh, the goal for that also, just like men's breakfast, is an inroad. Um, Paula has just mentioned that there are people who will come to this that may never step, step foot in this sanctuary. Uh, we, we do hope and pray that that would be a way for us to know people and invite them in. But uh, if you're interested in that, ladies, contact Paula. Paula, can you raise your hand? Okay, Paula's back there. Um, contact Paula, and more details are going to be coming to you, ladies, in, in the week to come. Because we have new members joining us this morning, we're switching up our order a little bit. We're going to do our kids' moment first. So kids... Three to eight, why don't you come on up to the front? I'm going to step in front of these bags so they're not a temptation for us. All right, guys, come on up. Come on up and have a seat. All right. We're going to think about a few weeks ago, which is a long time ago. I've slept since then, so it's hard to remember. But do you guys remember? I don't have, I don't have our little donkey with me this morning. Do you guys remember the donkey? What, what Jesus rode that donkey into Jerusalem. What does it mean? What does it mean? It means Jesus is what? Jesus is the son, but he's also, because he's the son, he is the, starts with a K, he's the king. Jesus is the king. Now, after he rode into Jerusalem and was there for a little while, all of a sudden, people started turning on him. They started to, they, they arrested Jesus. Does anybody know what happened to Jesus? Why people were angry with him? You remember the cup? You remember the cup and the coin? He got hanged on the cross. Just before that, though, I have two things this time in my hand. Does anybody know what this little guy is, right? If I can work it, one hand. What's this guy right here? That looks like a snake. Thorns. And it was woven into a crown to put on Jesus' head. And then he was whipped with a whip. He was flogged. We're going to read about that in just a second. So Jesus is the king, but he was treated like he was a fake king. He was treated as if he wasn't actually the king. I'm not going to pass it around this time because I want you guys to listen while I read. This is God's word, and it says that uh, they scourged Jesus, which means they whipped him, which was a very terrible thing. And guys, listen to this. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the governor's headquarters, and they gathered the battalion before him, and they stripped him. They, they stripped him of his clothes and put on a robe that was purple. And uh, they twisted together that crown of thorns, and they put it on his head, and they put a reed in his hand, and they were mocking him. They were pretending like he's the king. They said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they spit on him, and they took the reed and struck him on the head. And when they had mocked them, and they stripped him of the robe and put his clothes on him, and they led him away to be crucified. So that was just before Jesus died on the cross. He was treated like he was the fake king. But what does the donkey tell us? The donkey tells us that he really is the king. All right, guys? We'll, we'll remember the thorns and the whip next week. All right? Thanks. You guys can go back to your seats.
Well, every Sunday we have the, uh, my, my name is Steve Bice too, I'm one of the pastors uh, on staff here, and it's a joy to be here. Every, every Sunday we have uh, the joy of greeting one another, worshiping and song together, uh, hearing the word preached, praying together, uh, just spending time uh, together in this place, and it's, it's such a joy. It's, it's a, t- to me it feels like every Sunday is like this family reunion. We've been gone from each other for a handful of days, and then getting together, and and seeing faces, and it's like, ah, I love that person, and well, oh, I want to spend time with that person. Such a joy to be together with you. We, we, your pastors, love this church family very, very, very much. Um, this morning, we have the joy of adding some members to our church family, uh, specifically. And what we are witnessing as we do this is not just simply an adding uh, a number of people to like the membership role kind of thing. That that actually doesn't entirely even come to the equation as far as a role goes. It's, it's, it's people whom the Spirit of God have regenerated and sovereignly brought to this place for, for whatever season we have together to care for one another, to love one another, to learn from each other, to come alongside of each other and, and nurture each other and to strengthen one another and to correct one another in grace and love and and to spend time together, and, and, and to ultimately see Christ together. And so when, in, in a few moments, I'm going to have uh, the people that you should have, I think, uh, can, can those pieces of paper get passed around right now? You're going to have, um, I'm only going to do like one or two per family, I think, um, but on this sheet of paper are pictures and some, uh, uh, the pictures and names of those who are, are being, invited in, or welcomed into membership this morning, and, uh, and there's a little bit of information about them that they wrote down, and then there's just a prayer request or two on each one, and we just would ask you to specifically take this home as a family and pray, or as an individual, and pray for these people. In just a few moments, I'll have each of you, if you're on this uh, uh, sheet, if you would stand in just a few moments. But what I, what I wanted you to recognize in particular is the glory of God in saving these people. Um, as, far as, as far as we can tell, by way of their profession of faith and their communication to us and in their life and the fact that they have all been baptized um, and professing faith publicly, we believe that these men and women are born again. They, they love Jesus. Do they love Jesus perfectly? No, just, just like you and I. We... we our trust is not in our ability to believe perfectly. Our trust is in the object of our faith. Jesus is our hope. And so what's happened here is the, the power of God unto salvation has taken place in their hearts. As far as we can tell, as far as they profess. And, um, and that is the power of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel that we preach. That's the power of the gospel we proclaim. That's the power of the gospel that we live in and desire to see others uh, come to believe as well. So they've believed this message, and we praise God for his, what we believe is that God graciously pursued them and have, has, has saved them, has, has made them born again. Um, we, we also believe in the sovereign grace of God, not just in salvation, but the sovereign grace of God in knitting them together in this place. There, there, there are many churches. We, we are a blessed nation where there are many churches where, there are, uh, where the gospel is being preached clearly. There's, there's many churches, of course, that, that would not be in that uh, um, 
context, but, but the reality is that there, there are a lot, just in our city, there are a lot of other gospel-preaching churches. Um, and so why, why this church? Why would they want to come to this church? Honestly, because God called them to come and join here. There's things that they feel compelled towards. There's, there's our distinctives. There's the gospel, of course, that we want to preach. Uh, there's styles and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, what we point to here, this is not about these individuals. This is not about our leadership. This is about God's glory and about what he is doing here. And so we give him thanks for adding these dear ones to our midst. If you are on that sheet of paper, would you go ahead and stand up? Now, each one of these, and you'll be able to recognize them by the sheet of paper that's before you and what their names are and all that. And I would encourage you to, uh, to get to know them if you haven't already gotten to know them. Each one of these, so, so just consider, again, you look at them and you say, a child of God. Not because they're like hot stuff, but because God saved them. They are brothers and sisters eternally with us. Because of what Christ has done. This is, this is glory, glorious. Um, this is not the Kiwanis Club. This is not the Lions Club. This is not like a, a, a some sort of membership that they, this, this, is, this is the power of God unto salvation that we see before us. Um, each one has uh, gone through the membership process at Sovereign Grace Dayton. And what that means is that they've gone through all the lessons about our, our values, our shared values, our shared virtues, things, things that we uh, want them to know as, as leaders of the church and in Sovereign Grace in particular, family of churches. And then I, I or Kale or Dan have met with each one at different times and heard their testimony, heard their desire, heard some of their struggles, a way to be able to pray for them and care for them pastorally. And they want to be part of this church, this imperfect, wonderful, lovely church. And, uh, and we, we cannot express our thanks to God enough for each one of you. And what God has done in you, what he is going to continue to do in you, and how he's going to build us together for his glory. Um, the word says in uh, 1 Corinthians 12... Uh, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you, and that there be, be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So you look around this room and you see these ones who are standing and you say, I, I need these brothers and sisters. They're not just being added to us. I need them. We need them. And crazy enough, they need us. We need each other. This is the body of Christ. It's the glory of God. Um, not just a nice addition, although they certainly are. Um, but we would want to encourage you to find ways to get to know these new members. Um, now, if you are a member of this church family, um, what we would like you to do, and you've gone through this process and everything, but, um, would you go ahead and just stand here now as well and join them? Now, we don't, we don't have this awkward moment to make, to, to make anybody feel awkward if they're not a member of this church, but we, we just want to 
say there is something unique about the local church, about being a member of a local church. We're not just members of the universal church, though that is certainly true if you have been born again. But we're members of this church, and we have a, a covenant that we, we have committed to together. And so we want to read this covenant together. It's going to be on the, on the TV. And, uh, and so what I'd like to, you to do, members, is read this. New members, uh, old members, um, let's read this together. Having been brought by God's sovereign grace to repent and believe in the good news of Jesus Christ and his saving work, and having been baptized upon our profession of faith, we do now, relying on his grace, solemnly and joyfully affirm our covenant with each other. We will pray and labor to be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ, devoted to the glory of God, resting in the gospel of his Son, and dependent upon the work of the Holy Spirit. To that end, we will not forsake assembling together, but will faithfully attend our corporate worship, treasuring our church's weekly opportunity to sing, pray, and receive the whole counsel of God's word. We will defend and maintain a gospel-centered ministry by upholding and attending to biblical preaching, the administration of the sacraments, and the exercise of church discipline. We will walk together in brotherly love as becomes the members of a local church. We will pray for and serve one another, exercise an affectionate care and watchfulness over each other, and reject all opportunities to speak or hear gossip or slander. We will instead seek to encourage one another and build each other up in the faith. We will rejoice with those who rejoice and endeavor with tenderness and sympathy to bear each other's burdens and sorrows. We will seek to proclaim and adorn the gospel of Christ before our family, friends, and neighbors, and faithfully transfer the gospel to future generations. We will contribute cheerfully and regularly to the support of our local church, to the care of our members, and to the spread of the gospel locally and to all nations. We will, if we move from this place, as soon as possible, unite with some other church where we can carry out the spirit of this covenant and the teaching of God's word. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. Now I want you to know, uh, new members stay standing, old members, you can sit down. I want you to know, I mean, all members in particular, we want you to know that it's our privilege as your pastors to, to watch over your souls. We, we, we have been uh, told by King Jesus um, to care for your souls. And we, and we, we, and we know, I've shared this with you before, we know that we fail you from time to time. Don't do this perfectly. But it's our desire and our intention to care for your souls. We, we believe that the Lord Jesus will hold us accountable for the way that we care for you. Um, and, uh, and we also long for the day that he might, First Peter 5, might give us um, a crown as the chief shepherd. Um, so I, I hope that you feel our love and our seriousness 
about this. We, we goof around a lot, but, but we're serious about your faith. We're serious about your relationships. We're serious about your marriages and your family life. And we're serious about your singleness. And we're, seriousness, we're serious about, about, uh, about your work life and your interactions with those in your neighborhood. We, we want to continue to grow in these things, and we pray for you often as long as the Lord gives us that privilege and responsibility. Now, before down here, you guys can pick these up after the service. We come down to each each one. Your name is on uh, a, a bag, and in the bag are a few uh, books that we would just encourage you to um, to read in your time. One, one, of, one of the books that I would just want to highlight is a book, and maybe some of you already have this, and if you do have this already, then pass this off to somebody else. But this book called Gentle and Lowly, that is about our king, Jesus, who is, um, is no angry tyrant king like the kings of this world, but he is gentle and he is lowly and he is merciful. And um, we need to know this Jesus more and more, and this world needs to know this Jesus more and more. So, uh, you can come down and pick these up later, but let me, let me just uh, pray for you. Matter of fact, if you are around one of these people, and you're, um, whether you're a member of this church or not, if you follow Jesus, please stand up and, and just lay your hands on them if they're okay with that. Go ahead and do that right now. Lord, we thank you particularly for your kindness as demonstrated in your mercy on the cross towards these men and women, specifically, and to those of us who have trusted you. Lord, for those who are here in this room who, who have not trusted, who, you know, who are just living, living a life separated from you, and Lord, may they know the power and the joy and the freedom of knowing Christ and him crucified. Lord, for these dear ones who are joining this church membership today, Lord, would you, would you continue to knit them into our family? Um, we're all tempted. We're, we're all tempted in certain seasons to, to judge others and to, to isolate ourselves and to, um, you know, to, 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 to tank to run, think poorly. Lord, we, oh, we, we want to be united. Lord, may we be gentle with each other, care for each other with sacrificial servanthood love. Lord, I pray that each of us would grow as we gather together to, to the throne room each Sunday as we gather, Lord, that we would worship you together in unity and love. I pray, Lord, that the Spirit particularly would be poured out afresh on each one and that gifts would be given for your glory and for the extension of the gospel, the, the good of the church, the strengthening of this local church particularly. Lord, we pray that among these that there would be evangelists among us who would, would 
Help us to grow in this area. Lord, I pray that of these men and women, that there would be those who would be called to be pastors, that there would be those who would be called to be missionaries, that there would be those who are called to godly uh, families where they're pouring themselves out into their family and into their neighborhood, that, that, that among these who are well, being welcomed in today, Lord, that they would find that they are yours and they are known by you and you are known by them and that's because you love them and because you've opened their eyes to see you and that whether they work or play or eat or whatever they do, that they would do it all for the glory of God. Lord, cause our love for you and our love for one another to abound more and more. Expand our hearts, Lord, to be able to welcome, encourage, and walk alongside these members and, and existing members as well, Lord. And, and, and for that matter, Lord, anybody that comes to our doors, may they feel the love of Christ and not just a group of you know, nice individuals. Lord, we want to... Uh, Oh, we want to honor you in everything we do, to deny ourselves and follow you, to take up our cross and to follow you, to renounce all things and to follow you, because you are gentle and you are lowly and you are our Savior and you are our Lord. You are the one who knits us together. You are the one who keeps us. You are the one who will bring us into uh, present us blameless with great joy on that final day when we see you and experience the newness of life in you with no more sin, with no more struggle, with no more death. Lord, we long for that day. And until that day, Lord, may this church, may this church family be a, uh, a sighting of a taste of, of unity and Garden of Eden-like feeling where there's refreshment and joy in your presence, where humility reigns. So Lord, there are many things to pray for, but we, we pray for these things, and we cling to you, Lord, and we ask you to work. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, would you please join me and uh, officially welcome these folks into our family. Well, as you're aware, uh, and as has been made aware to you this morning, we are in a family of churches called Sovereign Grace Churches. The, the family of churches, it says on the website, and in particular, if you've, if you've uh, seen the recent movie online, they were part of that spiritual renewal in the 70s uh, when a group of young believers reading the Bible with, uh, with fresh eyes were captured by the New Testament vision of interdependent congregations. So not just were they on fire for the gospel and they were out there preaching and everything, but they were like, one of the things that, that God did in them was like, hey, we are not lone rangers here. We are want to be covenanted together together not not just not just in local churches but interconnected churches they saw churches existing not in distant association but in close and vital partnership with one another. So the vision spread to a handful of churches back in the day and then to new churches established across the U.S. Eventually it went global and today it's going global in a in a in a manner of uh, sovereign grace churches global is 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 really. Ex- What's the positive word for explosive? I don't know. It's just like the growth is what? Expanding. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, not exploding. Uh, so 
just expanding uh, like wildfire. Uh, there's another negative thing. Anyway, so you know what I, you know what I mean. Um, so, uh, but but the reality is, our family of churches grew in both size and depth, and 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 has walked through seasons of great joy and seasons of significant sorrow and difficulty. And yet, God continues. King Jesus continues to uh, to rule and expand, and what he's doing among our family of churches is rich and wonderful, and we'll continue to share with you uh, what all, all of what that means in weeks and months and years to come, Lord willing. So um, relationships over time matured in our family of churches, and the belief, again, that churches are stronger together continues to grow as we developed our new statement of faith that we went through as a church last fall and, and early winter, uh, as we considered the seven shared virtues uh, that we desire to see in our family of churches and our sh- seven shared values as a family of churches. And among these seven shared values is this specific one, it's value six, that is church planting, outreach, and global mission. This is what uh, it says in that section. It says, our gospel centrality entails not only treasuring the gospel personally, but sharing it passionately. The risen Christ commissioned his church to make disciples of all nations, and we believe that commission falls to us and to all believers, and that is fulfilled in a primary way through church planting, whereby the gospel is proclaimed and converts are formed into communities of disciples. And we are eager, it says, to pursue this mission, relying fully on the Holy Spirit, to see the gospel proclaimed and churches planted throughout the world, that God may be glorified among every tribe, language, people, and nation. And yes, and amen. To that, to this end, the Lord has moved Sovereign Grace Dayton to this location, a new location for us. It's not been a year yet, nine months, eight, eight months, something. We're still trying to find our way here, but specifically that we might be a light among those around us, that he has directed us to send out workers into this area, to be a light in this area, but not just, not just a place that people would come to, but that, that people would go out from. Sent out each week to neighborhoods in the Dayton area. Sent out to the community that we exist in now as a church building and as a church family. We, uh, we desire to be a light among those around us. And, and again, he has directed us to, to be a light to the nations. Uh, uh, we, he has he's sent out of us a... Uh, some workers to an unreached people group. The reason for that, the glory of God among the nations. To an unreached people whom Christ is barely mentioned, but in a country that has significant biblical history, but that Jesus would be known and the people would be freed. This is why, really, we wanted to have Gabe McGill come, uh, just what he came like five weeks ago, church planter in Warren, Pennsylvania. We wanted to hear from him. I'm a, I'm a, um, a provisional elder uh, for him in his church planting uh, uh, area in Warren. We get, to covenant, we get to covenant together in that. We had Doug Hayes last week, uh, executive director of Covenant Mercies, uh, again, a ministry out of Sovereign Grace, that we just know the gospel is being proclaimed in four countries at least in Africa, things that we can't do ourselves but that we can partner with in some way to care for little ones and to see the gospel presented and for churches then to be planted in the months 
and years to come. That's why we have two pastors called students who will be either planting a church or going somewhere to strengthen an existing church, either in this country or one of the countries around the world. We know that there's one fellow that's coming. His name is Austin. He's probably in a couple of years going to end up going to Australia to help with what God is doing there in Australia. Another Another man is going to be here, and he is uh, pursuing uh, working overseas in global, a global setting as well as a missionary. This is why we want to introduce you again to another church planter this morning, a brother in Christ, Jeremy Hetrick, dad of JT, uh, who has been coming to the church now this year as in his freshman year at Cedarville. Um, He's a partner in the gospel already, but he's one who is shortly being sent out to plant another church in another part of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania area, uh, that the gospel will reach into another area in that city that's increasingly overcome by post-Christian realities. Jeremy is a friend to us. He is a brother in Christ to us, and we've asked him to share some of his story. This morning is going to be a little bit different. It's not so expository of a a text. We've asked him to share a little bit from that, but then also just his heart desire, his story, what happened, because, because what you'll hear, we want, we want here. And so we're going to spend time after he speaks, we're going to spend time considering and praying together to, these, to this end. So would you welcome Jeremy to this pulpit? think I'm on? Yes, excellent. Well, good morning, Sovereign Grace Church, Dayton. Um, It is a joy for my wife, uh, my two youngest daughters. We left the two older ones at home because they are in track and field there, so they couldn't make it with us this this weekend. But it's a joy for us to be here with you. Um, It's a joy to also just see our son a little bit, watch him run a race yesterday in that crazy wind. Um, could you imagine going around the track 12 and a half times for a 5K race when it's blowing like 40 miles per hour? It was cold and it was crazy. So anyways, I did want to just take a moment to thank you for how you have cared for our son um, while he's in his freshman year here at, uh, at Cedarville. I'm glad that he has chosen to be here on Sunday mornings uh, to begin another Sovereign Grace Church, which... In this church, I know he's hearing the regular faithful preaching, gospel-centered preaching from God's word, and I'm so grateful for that. Thankful for his fellowship here on Sundays, and thank you, especially Steve and Kale and Dan, for your investment in him. So I appreciate it. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here this morning. Um, I do greet you from Living Hope Church in Middletown and also from our soon-to-be-planted church, Redeeming Grace Church in the Mechanicsburg area. Um, so I'm going to be, what, what uh, Steve mentioned is I'm going to be sharing just a little bit different of a message. I will seek to be bringing out um, an exposition from Colossians 4, if you can turn there uh, for me in just a second here, we'll get into that. Um, but this message will be slightly different than you might be used to because it will have some testimonial in it. Um, But I also believe that God has some things for for you this morning, as Steve has alluded to. And so look forward to to looking at Colossians chapter 4 in just a moment. For years, Living Hope Church has discussed off and on and prayed off and on about church planting. But no progress was ever made. So on January 3rd, 2021, 
Ben Kreps, the lead pastor of Living Hope Church, preached a message focusing on prayer as he always does at the beginning of the year. And the text was Matthew 9, verses 35 to 38. The title was Pray for the Harvest. In this message, Ben reminded Living Hope Church that four years prior, he had led the church to think about moving into their new building and to think of themselves as a church plant going into that because it's going to, they moved into a new community in that, and when they got that building built. Um, and so he wanted them to think like a church plant when they were starting that four years prior to this message. And he says, I'm using the same text this morning uh, for this sermon as I did as that sermon. And he pointed out that there, over that four-year period, there had been many people that came to know Christ and many people added to Living Hope Church. And Ben said, God has used this church as an instrument of compassion and gospel declaration in Middletown, just as we prayed for him to do. That was four years ago. But then he turned and he said, this year, as I address you from this same text, I want to ask you to pray about church planting out of this church. We don't have a plan. We don't have a pastor to lead it. We have a desire to see Christ proclaimed in central PA. While we don't have all the answers for church planting, we serve a God who gives life to the dead, and listen to this, who calls into existence the things that do not exist. This is the God whom we serve, to whom we pray, and I'm calling all of us this year to make a commitment to pray to the Lord of the harvest, asking him to raise up workers in the harvest, praying about church planting, how God might open doors for us, how he might raise up leaders to lead. And I anticipate we are going to see answers to prayer we do not expect, and God will move in ways that we will marvel at. That was January 3rd, 2021. Counterintuitive, as we are still experiencing some of the COVID season. But let me ask you this. How do you think God answered the many prayers of those in Living Hope Church in 2021? How do you think God answers your prayers for the harvest? Well, let's read Colossians 4, just three short verses here, verses 2 through 4. This is the Apostle Paul talking to the church in Colossae. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. Will you pray with me? Father, I pray that you would accompany your word and this testimony with your Holy Spirit's unction and power. Lord, where faith is lacking, forgive us for our unbelief that keeps us from asking things of you. Where vision is narrow and limited, please expand it. Give us eyes to see the harvest all around us and even beyond our local vicinity. Your mission of the gospel is vast, covering the entire face of this earth. For indeed, the whole earth is full of your glory, and we pray that many would see your glory in the face of your Son, Jesus Christ, for salvation. Grant us sight this morning. Grant, grant us a greater sight of Jesus and his power as we walk through this message, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, there's nothing like starting off a message as a guest speaker 
<laughs> when you're talking about the message on a message on prayer, you can have this this sinking feeling of, oh no, they're going to feel like they're under condemnation. But not only are we talking about prayer, we're talking about evangelism. Two things, a double whammy this morning, if you think about it, that can tend, tend to take us towards this, oh great, here's a guilt trip or condemnation. But I'm addressing this knowing that Paul addressed the church at Colossae with a gospel-centered perspective. So this morning... Remember eight, Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. No condemnation. Christ has died for our every sin. He has become our righteousness, our righteous standing before the Father by faith. Secondarily, this is a message that's calling us to faith and prayer because it is a message of God's faithfulness. The message of God's faithfulness. So let's look at this text just briefly through three points here. And God answers these kinds of prayers. First, the first point is the commitment to prayer that, that um, Paul says here in verse 2, in just 2a. He says, continue steadfastly in prayer. Paul lays out a simple imperative to that church for them to devote themselves to prayer. In the original language, it says, be devoted to prayer. He's not just commanding this, though, in a vacuum, as I mentioned earlier. He has already laid out the truth of the gospel, the preeminence of Christ, and all that God did in saving them from their sins. He reminded them of what they used to be, their hostility in mind towards God, their evil deeds. Now, God has reconciled them through Christ in order to present them holy and blameless before him, above reproach. And he says this, if indeed they continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that they have heard. So even this morning as we're talking about prayer, do not shift from the hope of the gospel. Do not shift. Because our prayers for the mission of the gospel must be gospel-centered must be gospel-empowered, must be spirit-empowered. We do not respond to the command, which is a do, without reference or basing it on what has already been done for us. We do it referencing what Jesus has done for us, knowing that he is with us to the end of the age, even in this mission. Now, when Paul pens this command, he's commanding it based on what they already know says this, if, if then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Set your mind on things above. Be devoted to prayer. This is what Ben Kreps was asking Living Hope Church to do for church planting in Jan on January 3rd, 2021. And what happened when they prayed? Well, here's what they did. When they heard that call, they began to pray in homes, in community groups. They began a monthly prayer meeting where a specific section of that time was devoted to praying for church planting. They didn't have a pastor. They didn't have a man. They didn't have a plan. But they prayed. Listen to that. They didn't have anybody in the church who could plant a church. They didn't have a plan. They didn't know exactly where to go, vicinity. But they were devoted. They were committed to prayer. That's point number one. There's a commitment to prayer. How and what should they pray about? Well, we see here in Colossians 2, 
a description of the prayer that Paul lays out for the the Colossians. He says, be watchful in it with thanksgiving. So how are they supposed to be praying? Well, they're supposed to be praying with an alertness, watching what God is doing. And thanksgiving. Thanksgiving obviously is to God because God's the one who answers the prayer and provides those answers. He's asked, like Paul's asking them to be watching what God is doing and thanking him for everything as they see him doing it, as they pray. Another description of what their prayers should include was also prayers for the Apostle Paul. Prayers for those who are actually seeking to proclaim the gospel. Paul is asking for prayer. Paul knows that God will answer these, this church's prayers. He knows that God uses people to pray and intercede for one another in the mission of the gospel. This is the Apostle Paul. If the Apostle Paul needs that kind of prayers, so does every other proclaimer of the gospel need prayer. For what, though? For open doors. Man cannot open doors. God opens doors. To Living Hope Church, they were... They were praying for open doors. They were not praying for themselves. They were praying for those who God would bring to plant a church and future church plants. Living Hope Church didn't even know who they were praying for. Here, the Colossian church knows they're praying for Paul, but Living Hope had no idea who they were praying for. They didn't have a man in mind. And here we see in Colossians, they know. But remember what I said earlier, Ben Kreps said this, We pray to a God we serve, a God who gives life to the dead and who calls into existence the things that do not exist. Living Up Church didn't have a man, but they were praying that God would bring that, bring a man and his family or men and their families to Living Hope Church to plant churches. I don't know if you have thought much about church planting or spent much time thinking about it, but... The mission of the gospel is going forward through churches and church planting. There is a need for faithful gospel preaching churches all over the globe. You may not have a man, you may not have a plan, but you can pray, just like Living Hope Church did. You may not feel like you have resources. Living Hope didn't have all this figured out, but they took the call to heart. They wanted to pray and be devoted to prayer and pray for open doors. So, obviously, they're praying, just like what Paul was doing here with the Colossians, that God would open doors for the gospel to declare the mystery of Christ. Ben Kreps led this church to pray for open doors and church planters. He realized, you can't plant a church without a man, you can't plant a church without a plan. We need God to open these doors. So, Basically asking the Father in heaven, will you open doors and bring who we need to bring? And the last thing there, under what Paul talks about in in, uh, Colossians 4, verse 4, he says that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. It's great to have a man and a plan, but if you can't make the gospel clear, what, what good are you? So, Paul knew that, and we need that as well in our message going forward. So, living hope prayed. They prayed for men, they prayed for plans, they prayed for open doors and the clarity of the message. That was beginning of January 2021, and over the whole year of 2021, 
They prayed. What happened? Well, God answered. And this is where it gets a little awkward for me because I have to talk about how the sovereign God led us to Living Hope Church. When Ben called Living Hope Church to pray in January 2021, my family and I were in a different denomination. I had previously been ordained and served as a pastor in Sovereign Grace Churches, but let's just say the Lord had taken us on a circuitous route and we were in a different gospel preaching church and denomination, faithful gospel preaching church and denomination. We are not a part of Sovereign Grace Churches. I was finishing up my Masters of Divinity at Southern Seminary from distance and assisting another church during a season of transition for them. One of my friends has been the senior pastor of this church and was called to a larger church in the Allentown area. And so they were without a senior pastor, and I was assisting this church in leading worship, preaching, and helping the elder board in how do they go forward with what they're called to do in finding their next senior pastor. Now, I had started the ordination process within this other denomination, and at the same time as this whole process was unfolding, some of the elders on the, on the board were like, would, would you consider being our senior pastor? And uh, so after all, I was graduating from Southern. Um, I had previous pastoral experience. I was pursuing the ordination process with our group of churches. And it seemed like it was, a, it was just like this is where I'm supposed to be. However, during the ordination process, I had to ask someone in Sovereign Grace churches to speak on behalf of my ordination in Sovereign Grace because what would happen with this denomination is they would shorten what they call a probationary period from two years to one if somebody could basically vouch for me. So I reached out to the only person in Sovereign Grace that I knew knew me because he helped oversee our church um, in, 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 uh, in the state of Pennsylvania where I was when I pastored in Sovereign Grace, and that was a guy by the name of Mark Prater. I don't know if you know him. Um, but he is uh, executive director for Sovereign Grace, and he's a friend. And when I was speaking with him about, hey, can you be a reference for me? He said, I will do that for you, but why aren't you considering Sovereign Grace churches? And I was like, oh, it just, well, I have questions. And so we, we actually spent, um, that actually started a journey for me where I asked a lot of questions and just trying to discern where do we fit? Where do we fit as a family? Where do I fit doctrinally? Where do we fit values and everything? And so over the summer of 2021, I had several Zoom calls with Mark and, uh, and talked with others in Sovereign Grace at the same time, trying to evaluate, okay, are we supposed to go to Sovereign Grace? Are we supposed to stay? Am I supposed to leave this church here? And it all came to a head basically when I was putting together my resume and a cover letter, which is what they did in that denomination for senior pastor positions. And... Uh, I was so conflicted inside. Now, remember, Living Hope Church has been praying all this time. So I remember I was halfway through the cover letter, and I looked at my wife, and I asked her, so what if I didn't even apply? And we just started attending Living Hope Church um, in Middletown, as Mark has suggested, if we were desirous of this. And I wish you could have seen my wife's face, because she was overjoyed. Her smile was bigger than even it is now. Um, and uh, it was like she knew where we were supposed to be. And so I explained to the, the other church's elders that we'd be transitioning and, uh, and not, I would not be applying for that position and we would just be going to Living Hope Church. So we walked into Living Hope Church officially for the first time with the intention of making that our church as members in August of 2021. Eight months, basically, after Living Hope Church had been praying for church planters. Now, no idea that they were, plant, they were praying for church planters. 
We had no clue what was going on in Living Hope Church. Now, remember I mentioned about in, in Colossians here that, that Paul was telling the Colossian church to be alert, be on watch. Um, there were people praying and being alert at Living Hope Church. Um, one of the uh, first Sundays, unbeknownst to me, my wife didn't tell me this till later, which is really serving me, actually. One of the older ladies in the church came up to my wife one of our first Sundays and asked her, are you the couple we have been praying for to plant a church? That's just crazy. Um, we didn't have a clue what was going on at that point. My wife's like, I, I, I don't know. Um, and I remember telling Ben Kreps after our first couple Sundays at Living Hope, hey, we're ready to become members. I mean, I have taught membership classes in Sovereign Grace churches and actually three different Sovereign Grace churches. And so I didn't feel like I needed to know anymore. I knew all the values of Sovereign Grace. This is our home. It felt like home almost immediately for us. And so while I desired to pastor, I was okay with not pastoring. If my family's in a solid gospel-preaching church, we, we are wholeheartedly yes and amen to the doctrines and the values of Sovereign Grace. So all that's to say, it didn't seem like I was going to pastor anytime soon. Then a few things happened. My wife's aunt passed away in my wife's hometown down near York or below York, PA, and her father asked me to help with the ceremony for her, um, her funeral service. And he's point blank, he said, hey, will you just, would you preach the gospel? I was like, well, that's all I know how to do when it comes to a funeral. So yeah, so I preached a very simple 15-minute message from John 3.16 in a, um, let's just say, a, a liberal church um, in that area. There's about 80 people there. And after the service, you know, we had this fellowship hall. Like, I don't know if you've been at funeral services in, these, in some of these churches where they, the ladies of the church provide a meal for you. And then you go downside, you know, you go in the fellowship hall in the basement and just kind of mingle a little bit. But we had, there's 80 people that had attended this funeral. And over 20 people came up to us or to me individually and said how meaningful this message was for them. They, the gospel's not... It's not being preached consistently out there in a lot of these communities. One pastor's wife came up to me. A pastor's wife came up to me and said she hadn't been moved by a message like that in either a long time or ever. It was John 3.16. It wasn't crazy. It was just simple. And then one other older woman came up to me and put her head on my shoulder and said, Young man, the Lord is going to use you to save a lot of people. Even last Saturday, my wife was at a funeral. Um, one of my wife's relatives mentioned to her at that funeral how she really appreciated me and that message that was over a year and a half earlier. Just, that's crazy to me. So God was just, I felt like, as I was talking to my wife, like we felt like God was doing something here, trying to let me know, like, hey, I've got some things for you. And so I basically said to Ben Kreps, our lead pastor, I have no idea what we're doing I have to tell you what was going on, and my heart's burning because I want to see people hear the gospel. I want, to hear, I want to hear people say, I've been moved by the word of God in the gospel. And, and they, want, they want more, just like that pastor's wife actually said she wants to come visit our church. So as Ben and I talked about different possibilities, he's like, so first off, how about you just come to the pastor's conference in November? And then he said, well, well how about we also just talk about church planting? Have you ever thought about planting a church? And that actually initially was a, 
like a new thought to me. Um, so he then said, well, can you also do me a favor and go back and listen to my message from January 3rd of 2021? I was like, sure, I'll do that. But as we talked about church planting, we were talking about different options, and he, he said to me something about this, this potential church plant on the west shore of Harrisburg in the Mechanicsburg area. And as soon as he mentioned that to me, it was immediately in my heart, I want to do that. I didn't even remember, like we were sitting at a, um, just a restaurant, and I just pointed my finger at him and said, I want to do that. It's the first time I've felt that strongly about doing something, um, like pastoring or, or leading a church, like, and it was just there in my heart. I was born in Harrisburg, and my family lived in Mechanicsburg for three years. And I was born, in that last three months of that, I, was, I lived there in Mechanicsburg on, on Simpson Ferry Road. And uh, that's where we're looking to plant a church um, this fall. So even in that moment, Ben's like, well, hey, let's wait and see. Let's see how the Lord walks you through this process. So we went to the pastor's conference in November of 2021, and it felt like a family reunion because I got to see some of my pastor's college classmates there. Um, and then after that, Ben asked us to go to a church planter's assessment weekender in California in January of 2022, where we were evaluated to consider planting a church. I had to preach a message. Uh, we had to share our stories with the pastors and wives there. Uh, we had to talk about our parenting and our marriage. We also had to, together as a couple, we had to cast a vision for this potential church plant. At the end of our time during that weekender, um, the pastors and wives provided each of us couples, there was, I think there were six couples there, uh, they had to basically give their assessment, their thoughts. It's not authoritative, it's just another set of eyes on is this a good idea or not. And so <laughs> it was kind of a, a surprise to me and to us, I think that the assessment team provided Kate and I with, um, with a glowing review. Um, we, we weren't really, I wasn't prepared for it, but they said, we only see this going positively. Um, so we came back and talked with Ben, and Ben's like, we, we, we got to start talking about hypotheticals now. What does this look like? So, because it seemed that God was leading and preparing the way for the answers to all the prayers that Living Hope Church had been praying. And let me stop here and just say in all of this, God gets the glory. This is not about a man. It's not about my family. Um, it's about God doing a work of moving the gospel mission forward in a specific area. So in June of 2022, a year and a half after he had preached that message, Ben stood up and shared with Living Hope Church that we believe we have a man. We believe we have a plan. And God is, you know, we, we, God has granted us both. So I joined staff officially in September of 2022 with the goal of planting a church on the west shore of Harrisburg, namely in Mechanicsburg. Over this year, I have participated in the church planting cohort with, with Gabe McGill and others uh, with Sovereign Grace, with Andy Farmer. And it has been a lot of work, a lot of learning. Um, and we got a chance at Living Hope now um, to, to start this process of how do, we, how do we move forward to plant this church? So in November, we had our first interest meeting um, with those who were possibly interested in going on this plant. So we have to understand a little bit about Living Hope Churches. There is, it's, it feels like more of a regional church. So we have 
Living Hope is on the, let me just say the map here. It's on the eastern side of the Susquehanna River that goes right next to Harrisburg. And so all these people that are in, in Mechanicsburg are over this area on the other side of the river. And there's some reason, there's this mental barrier for anybody new to try to come to our church. It's just not possible going across the river. That, that Susquehanna River just looms large in people's mind. It's like a whole different culture over there. They'll drive further to go to the grocery store than to drive across the bridge to the one that's right on the other side of the river. It's really silly, but it is true. So anyways... We have a bunch of people that have been coming to Living Hope Church from the other side of the river, though, to the tune of like 130 people. Um, so when we had our first interest meeting, we had 130 people at that interest meeting, which is just unreal. So we started a process for people applying for the church plant and interviewing those interested. Um, and I think it was, I'm trying to remember when it was, so... That was November. So in December, January, February, we're weighing through, okay, how many people can be a part of this church plant? And so basically at this point, we are comfortable, Ben's comfortable, our church is comfortable with, with sending out over 100 people to make a new church called Redeeming Grace Church in the Mechanicsburg area. So I want to go back and back to January of third of 2021 no man no plan no direction but something on their hearts to pray to pray for something they had talked about for over a decade one couple said they've been praying for this church plant for over 12 years having that as their desire so on sunday september 3rd 2023 our plan is to launch redeeming grace church for its official first Sunday service. We don't have a meeting location yet, by the way. So, and you guys all know what meeting location search is like because you've walked through that as a church, and this is a wonderful facility for you guys to have as a base of operation. Um, so, we're praying for that. I'm also praying for a worship leader because I'm the only one right now that can lead worship on Sunday morning. So, there's still prayers that we need to make to the Lord of the harvest. But the thing is, God is moving, and it first started with just praying. Just praying. Just like Paul is telling the Colossians, pray for open doors. Pray for open doors. Because God is in the mission of saving people. John Piper says mission, mission exists because worship does not. God wants to have more worshipers. God wants to save more and more people. Now, it is awkward for me at times when Ben mentions on Sunday mornings like he did last Sunday, like, God provided a church planner for us. You see him right there. That's awkward, but I get chills because what it tells me and reminds me is that God sovereignly led us. He did not let me sit at that one church because, actually, they're doing great, by the way. They have, they have a, a senior pastor that I'm friends with, and he's doing great. It wasn't where we were supposed to be. God sovereignly led us to where he wanted us to be. But it's not about me. It's not about even Living Hope Church. It's not even about Redeeming Grace Church. It's about God and his mission. So I don't know what you have been praying for as a church. I don't know what your outreach even to your local community here looks like. I don't need to know that. But what I do know is that God is faithful. 
our God is faithful, we can first and foremost see that by looking at the greatest need that we have ever had being supplied by him in our sovereign Lord in Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for our sins so that we can be forgiven. Now, if you do not believe in Jesus, I want you to know something. The story I shared isn't about men or a church. It's about God being committed to his mission in this world to, to rescue lost sinners. Each one of us is in desperate need of forgiveness. The God who created us is an amazing God, majestic in all his ways, completely perfect and righteous in everything that he does in his character. But apart from faith in Jesus Christ, all will suffer under a just judgment because all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, fallen short of his standard. I'm sure, if you're not a believer in Christ, I'm sure even this morning you've committed some sin, even this very day. One sin, one time, causes us to be under his judgment eternally in hell, apart from Christ. But God, God in love, did not want that to happen for you. He sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to live a perfect life that you could not do, so that you could be forgiven reconciled to God, to be known as a child of God, to be under his mercy and not his wrath. And all you need to do is to turn and come to Jesus in faith. Put the weight of your being and your trust on him for your salvation, and he will forgive you. He will rescue you. He will show you favor that you do not deserve, all because of what Jesus did on your behalf. Come to him. Jesus indeed paid it all for you on the cross. The Sovereign Grace Church, Dayton, may God grant you the richest of faith to pray for laborers, to be laborers in the mission of the gospel. May God make you alert in your praying and fill your hearts with anticipation and expectation and thanksgiving as you watch him work for the glorious purposes of his gospel. May he open doors for your local outreach here so that the gospel can go forth. May he help you and make your message clear as you share it in this local community. May he grant you success in raising up and providing church planters and church plants and plans to plant church plants so that more and more areas are reached for Jesus and his gospel mission here in the Dayton area and beyond. May he grant you a faith that takes you beyond this nation, as Steve even mentioned earlier, to other nations. Not just the United States, but that he would use you to sow forth the mission of the gospel. Sow that message of the gospel so that people in other countries that you don't know right now will be brothers and sisters because they have heard the message of the gospel through your efforts. That God opened a door for you there. That you could be faithful laborers not just here, but everywhere. Connected to the mission and the message of the gospel going forward in all of the globe. Jesus said in the Great Commission, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Sovereign Grace Church, Dayton, let's pray and watch God work. Being alert, being in tune with what he is doing. Yeah, we have, when we pray, we feel the weakest. We don't know how to pray at times, but his spirit enables us. He teaches us, he shows us what to pray. But let us be on alert and watch him as we pray. God will answer prayers, just like he did for Living Hope Church. We're nothing special. God is special. God is all glorious. And his promise is that he will answer and he will be with us to the end of the age as we go forward. I'm going to turn in a second here to pray, but I just really want to encourage you. God is about the business of doing the impossible in our minds. As I look over the last bunch of years in our family's lives, there are things that I'm like, I I don't know how you're going to do this. See, I had a desire to pastor. I had no idea what God wanted me to do. And I had, I mean, we have five kids. Like, I was working for a a big corporation. How's God going to provide for our kids in college if I leave this and we go? There's just a lot of things that we're like, how, what is it, how do we do this? But as we prayed and we sought through this and, and, and living hope prayed, God just, he leads the way. I don't know what the next six months is going to look like. I know it's going to be very busy trying to gear up for this church plan. I don't know where we're going to meet. It seems a little impossible. But I look back and I see God's faithfulness at each step of the way, and I'm like, It's just like what Piper talks about. John Piper says, faith and future grace. We look back at what God's done, then we apply faith for that future grace that he's going to give us for the next step. That's what we want to do. And that's what I want to encourage you to do, Sovereign Grace Church Dayton. Pray and anticipate how God wants to answer your prayers. Yeah, we are weak, but God will do amazing things through the weakness of us and our preaching. Well, let's pray. Father, you do all things well. We confess that we don't always have the kind of faith that perseveres in prayer, that is alert and full of thanksgiving, but Lord, we know that you are the one that is steadfast and immovable, and we can be steadfast and immovable, not shifting from the hope of the gospel, especially even when we see our failures. We know the gospel is true. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, forgive us this morning when we are struggling to to have faith for things that are beyond us. Fill us afresh with a greater anticipation of what you're doing in this world. Help us to pray for laborers in the harvest and to be laborers as well. Lord, we feel very weak. Give us strength. Give us faith to trust you for the big things. I pray, Lord, that you would provide for us a meeting place for Redeeming Grace Church. And I pray, Lord, for Sovereign Grace Dayton here that 
as this facility is a great base of operation, Lord, that even locally here around this church building, that you would open doors that maybe have seemed very hard and, and very shut to them. Lord, that you would open doors locally here, that people would come to know Christ. They would just be even willing to come to church or to an outreach that's, been, that's done in the parking lot. Lord, that, that you would open doors for them here. Lord, I pray that you would send, that you would send church plants from this church. I pray that you would give them faith that, that even as they look at their resources or they look at who among them could go, Lord, that you would help them to see you are a God who brings into existence things that do not exist. Give them a great faith, I pray. Grant them resources and sacrificial hearts to give up at times what is comfortable and easy in order that they can be used by you to rescue people from the coming wrath against sin. Lord, I pray that you would also keep this church in unity and that you would keep them in your gospel grace. Lead them in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. As I mentioned uh, earlier, that Jeremy, thank you so much. It's significantly faith-building to me. Um, last week, Kale and I went down to Louisville, and we we're you know we're part of this family of churches, Sovereign Grace Churches, and they have a project called the Antioch Project. Antioch, as you know, is um, the first church that where Christians were named Christians, and where the first missionaries were sent out and the gospel went out of them and ended up in Dayton, Ohio. Um, we, we are in a region of like-minded churches and uh, some, some of you, some of the men, have spent time with other men in our region uh, from other uh, of our family of churches. And again, this, this recent thing that Kale and I just went on was specifically because we feel very much our dependence and our uncertainty of how to move forward concerning evangelism, outreach, church planting, missions, all of that. We have so many books out there. There's so many thoughts. And, we, and, and so our family of churches provided time for us to get away and learn from uh, some other men. And it was a really wonderful time. Lots of things to take away. But one of the takeaways, uh, Jeremy just kind of mentioned over and over and over again. And though, while there are many things we don't know, we don't know how to move. We don't know where to go. We do know the one place we must, and that is to pray. And so, you know, you've heard from Jeremy his story that they were without a plan and a man, and they began to pray. God provided for them. And, and again, we don't have a great plan here. We, we've been brought to this location. And... Uh, trying to care for each other, and, and so it can, it can tend to feel like, you know, we're, we, we, we could tend towards being very in, inward focused, and, but I know that many of you want to reach out into the community. We know that many of you want to see church plants raised, church planters raised up. We know that many of you want to see missionaries uh, put forth, and we're, and we're praying about that as elders, but, but we thought, you know what, we need to pray for this regularly together. Though we don't know how to move forward necessarily, we know that King Jesus does. You know, we want to depend on him. And so 
there's three areas specifically we want to spend time praying for right now uh, as church. And um, so whether you're a member here or a regular tender or visitor, you know, one of the things that we do highlight here regularly is, is prayer. And so we gather together in small groups and pray. And, and no, matter, no matter who you are, we just want you to join in on that. Um, don't have to pray out loud, but to, to, be, to be in on that and depending on, on God. So uh, while we don't have a great plan, we have questions about what to do, how to move together on mission. But what we don't have is a lack of faith. We do believe that God will provide. God will give us what we need when we ask him for it. And we want to ask him for these things. We want you to know that we want to be a church that reaches into this community. Absolutely. Hands down. We know, again, many of you have ideas and thoughts. We, we need direction from the king. We need, we need faith to move forward in that. So we want to pray for that. And not just in this community, but in the, very, in, in the vast amounts of communities that, that you all live in that there's ministry to take place in those areas, gospel ministry, how, how to equip, how to train, how to, how to get out there, how to have boldness, that the Lord would open doors for us, both locally here in the Hearthstone area of Dayton and around this uh, whole entire area. We want to pray for that direction and unity in it. Uh, so that's one thing. Another thing is that if you've been part of our church over the, at least the last nine years, I said from early on, and continue to say, really, we want to be a small church planting small churches. Um, and, and interestingly enough, I said back in the day when we had 50 people attending, I said, uh, if we ever get to like 150, you know, I want to be planting a church. Well, we're, if everyone were here, were, was to be here on a Sunday morning, we'd have about 180 people. And it, it's, it's, I don't think it's time yet to do this, but it is time to pray. And pray that God would build in us a desire, an earnest desire to plant another church. Either in our area or, or somewhere across the nation or across the world. So we need direction and we need wisdom and we need faith. And I want to call you into that together. That this is, this is not just pastors thinking. This is us as a church growing together, wanting to grow on this mission together. To see King Jesus worshipped in different areas of this city and nation and world. We also want then, of course, to pray that God would raise up church planters and, and missionaries out of here, that, that out of this little church in Dayton, Ohio, that missionaries would be raised up and sent into lands where the gospel is yet to be heard for the first time, or where churches have become so destitute, so gospel-lacking that we send them to, to, to strengthen local churches and to empower for the sake of the gospel um, or, or to plant in a different area of our region. We just need direction. We need wisdom and, and we need the Lord to move. So those are three, spe three specific things I would like to pray for in our small, group, in small groups this morning. So just get into, it'll be a little awkward maybe just to turn around and spend some time praying. We're going to spend about five or six minutes to pray together and then we'll have the Lord's Supper and sing and depart. But, but we want, I don't want to leave this morning without spending time in prayer together. So if you just turn to those around you, pray again that we would be a church planting church, that we would be a, that God would give us wisdom and provision and, and, um, and, um, and guidance along the way, that we would have, be a church planting church, that we'd be a missionary uh, developing and sending church, that we would uh, raise up leaders and that we would know how to reach out into our community. Um, 
our communities. So let's spend some time praying. If we could have just a little bit of music in the background as well, that would be wonderful. Go ahead and spend time praying.
Lord Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to pray. It, uh, it feels so good to cast our anxieties on you, to, to, uh, to come to you in earnest prayer, Lord, knowing that we are praying according to your will. You, you want to see your glory um, expanded, known, seen through the nation's people to worship you from every tribe, tongue, and nation. And, um, and Lord, we want to be a church who continues to pray, not just, not just in this moment, but, but to pray with one another, to pray in our families, to pray on our way to work, to pray, to continue on in earnest prayer if it's, if it's, um, uh, if it's a, a short period of time before we see you move in specific ways like like what we've witnessed this morning or if it's years like that one family who had been praying for 12 years, Lord, may we not grow weary in and lose heart in our prayers. Uh, cause us, Lord, to continue to come to you and to pray and to depend on you. And we we want to, part of that covenant that we have together, we, we want to covenant together to pray. We want to see your name Lifted up, people delivered. Here, in this church family and across this city and across this state and across this nation and around this world, Lord, please. We thank you for Jeremy. Thank you for Kate. Lord, thank you for their family. Thank you for Ben and, and uh, Kate and, and for the Kreps, for the, for the rest of the uh, guys on the leadership team for that whole church, Lord. Thank you for what you have done, what you are continuing to do. Lord, thank you for the example of, um, of, of faith and its stirring, Lord. So help give us increasing faith as we move forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as a church family, each week we get to enjoy the Lord's Supper together, and that's one thing that, you know, that we're united on as well. So our, 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 our unity is not based on any number of things um, that, that we might think, think it is. It's, it's based primarily on Jesus Christ and Him crucified. So we come together as a church family, we come together as those who have entrusted their lives to King Jesus, whether we're members of this church or not, we come together to partake in obedience to his command to receive the bread that is his body broken for us, his, the cup that is his blood spilled out for us, that we would not only just remember something that was in the past, but that we would also enjoy the empowering presence of the Lord here and now in this moment, even as we take the Lord's Supper, that there would be grace of his power, his person uh, given to us in that 
way as we meet together and that we do it together. And so when we eat and drink, we, we eat and drink together. We, we wait on each other. We, we look up and we look around and we say, we're in this together. We're in Christ together. We're in communion with him and communion with one another. And so, uh, so friends, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, whether, whether you're a member of this church or not, we want to encourage you to come and come to the, one of the front stations or there's two back stations and you can go and, and grab the elements and take them back to your seats and I'll direct the eating and drinking together. If you don't know Jesus, Friends, Jeremy shared with you the path forward, what to do, where to go. And it's, it's not in a duty. It's not in a some sort of action of works and just got to be better. It is in repenting and believing the good news of Jesus Christ. That in him alone is my salvation found. That I am a sinner in need of forgiveness and God has granted me forgiveness in Christ if I will just simply yield to him and believe on him, return from my sins and walk in newness of life by the power of the Spirit. It's what he does in us. Um, but now the time for the Lord's Supper is, is not, the Supper's not for you at, at this point. But if you come to Christ... get to eat together week after week after week and it gets to the point where one day we will all with all the church throughout all of history we will eat of that great marriage supper of the lamb where there will be great rejoicing this 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 simply is just is a, is a pointer to that day is not simply that but it's one of the things that points forward to that day that we just cannot wait for so follower of Christ, come and eat. Take it back to your seat and we'll eat and drink together in a few moments.
On the night Jesus was betrayed, a very weighty night, he took the bread and he gave thanks to the Father and then he broke it as though he was going to be broken for our sins, which he was going to be. He broke it and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. And after supper, he took the cup. And he, the God of all the covenants, that we kind of got into a couple of weeks ago with the Adamic covenants, and we continue to go through all the covenants here as we go through Genesis, or at least some of the covenants, and it gets to this, this, these agreements between God and man, this extension of his love and his grace. And he says, this cup, this cup is the blood of the new covenant. This is the new covenant in my blood. Promise, a guarantee of salvation and love and my affection for you and mercy. This is the blood of the new covenant. So do this in remembrance of me. Let's drink together. Now, as often as we eat the bread and drink the cup, we're not just eating and drinking. We are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. And that's what we just did, and that's what we get to continue to do forever and ever. Let's stand and sing together. Thank you. 
is thy faithfulness. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love towards us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. So praise the Lord. That's what we live for. That's who we proclaim. That's our intention, our desire, our hope. The faithful one, declaring him, praising him, honoring him in our life, in our prayers, our dependence. Great is thy faithfulness, um, all I have needed, thy hand has provided. All that we are needing, his hand will provide. And so specifically, we will echo the benediction in Ephesians 3 that says, Now to him who is able, who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. May God go with you as you walk out into your specific mission field, knowing that you are empowered by His Spirit to proclaim the name of Christ, to love the people around you, to care for them, to point them to the cross and to nothing else 
but to Jesus Christ and him crucified. God go with you.